there's not just one type of SLP. When we think of an SLP and we're told in grad school that there's this SLP who's really type A and really bubbly, and then it kind of leaves no room for another type of SLP who's not like that and doesn't fit that cookie cutter type of SLP. So what I wanted to do is really bring that diversity to the profession that there can be introverted SLPs. And there are many SLPs who identify as introverts, as I've seen through my presentations. And we just want to make them feel included. And especially those that are feeling burnt out, we want to let them know that we're listening to them. And we want to educate the public in general about how to accommodate and support their introverted colleagues. Hey there, and welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. My name is Benita Litvak, and I am so grateful you're here. I'm an ASHA certified speech language pathologist, author, and augmentative and alternative communication consultant who is obsessed with helping SLPs like you stop reinventing the wheel and connect with other SLPs in the trenches. Have you ever wondered how other SLPs seem to be doing it all with ease? Well, around here, you'll get to hear firsthand how SLPs are really getting things done while keeping evidence-based practice and self-care in mind. Think of this as a coffee date with your SLP friends. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while we learn together. Today, I'm joined by Marsha Pinto a speech therapist that works for San Jose Unified School District in Northern California. She primarily works with autistic students, followed by selective mutism and apraxia. She has appeared multiple times on NBC News, advising on pediatric speech development. She has also spoken at various conferences on the topic of introverted SLPs. Marcia, thank you so much for coming today. Yeah, thank you so much, Renita. I'm glad to be here. I feel like I have someone very special on like the fact that you've been on NBC news multiple times is so exciting. Yeah. I think it's been about four. I've lost count, but they've been fun to do. That's amazing. We'll have to do like a follow-up clip or like share that maybe on yeah. social media for people once this airs. Yeah, of course. So did that bio cover everything or would you like to add anything before we start talking about how to thrive as an introverted SLP? Yep. That covers mostly everything. Okay, perfect. So what are the struggles of being an introverted SLP in any type of setting? Yeah, so in the past two years, when I've been doing a lot of ASHA conventions and also local state conventions, most recently the California one, is speaking about this issue that there's not just one type of SLP. When we think of an SLP and we're told in grad school that there's this SLP who's really type A and really bubbly, and then it kind of leaves no room for another type of SLP who's not like that and doesn't fit that cookie cutter type of SLP. So what I wanted to do is really bring that diversity to the profession that there can be introverted SLPs. And there are many SLPs who identify as introverts, as I've seen through my presentations. And we just want to make them feel included. And especially those that are feeling burnt out, we want to let them know that we're listening to them. And we want to educate the public in general about how to accommodate and support their introverted colleagues. I love that. I don't know if you got to hear the episode that I did with Alexandria Green about neurodivergent SLPs, but this kind of reminds me of that. And one of the things she said was that most job settings 
are not equipped to support neurodivergent SLPs. And I was like, wow, that's a really great point. And you're bringing that same point up here, which is that most jobs like expect SLPs to be one way. And if you don't fit that, then you don't fit in here. And it really affects the mental health of these SLPs. And a lot of them are having to find other avenues to pursue. But if employers want to keep their SLPs and they need to start accommodating for all of these different neurotypes and personality types, right? Yeah, that's right. And it's not just SLPs that have been relating to this, but also like doctors, medical professionals, teachers, basically anyone that's out there talking to people all day. So what we want to do is we want to figure out like, what are the struggles that they're facing? Most importantly, what I found through my presentations is that it's mostly affecting college students, grad students, because they're kind of being discouraged from going into these professions, from becoming an SLP. So you want to change that. You want to change the way we evaluate our students before they go on to the field. Yeah, such a good point. So what do you want to share about introverted students and how this is impacting them? Yeah, so some other students have shared with me is that especially when they're doing their externships or internships as part of their grad school program, and they're being evaluated by their supervisor or maybe their professor, the feedback has been you're not engaging enough, you're working with kids, and they say you're not engaging enough for kids, you have to be really animated, which is not really easy for an introvert or more of listeners, we're more on the calm side. And the other thing has been, if you're helping others to talk, uh, you need to talk yourself, you need to be able to talk yourself, which is a really sad comment, but it's been um, told to people. So what I tell these students is to just find ways to make their personality seem positive. And there are a lot of positive aspects of being an introverted SLP, which I go over in my presentations. Do you mind sharing some of those here? Yeah, sure. So one of them is being an active listener. So what that means is obviously we're all doing therapy here and part of therapy is being able to listen to our, our patients, our students, our clients, because all of them are having trouble communicating and they're feeling like the world doesn't understand what they're trying to say. So they expect us to help them to do that and listen to them. So that's a really important skill because we want to be able to counsel them also through whatever they're facing. I think no matter what age group we're treating, there's always a counseling portion, either with the client, their caregiver, or the parent. Um, so that's a super important skill. And then the other important skill an introvert has is the ability to kind of think deep and look beyond the surface. And what that means is, it's not like extroverts can't do that, but I think introverts in that moment where they're kind of quiet, they're paying attention, they're letting the other person speak, they figure out other details, and they're thinking of how this point the person shared connects to another point, and they're kind of seeing the person for the whole picture, and they want to create that close bond with them and create very like individualized sessions. So one thing that I highlight between an introvert and extrovert is an introvert is really focused on those close and few connections, whereas an extrovert wants to form as many connections as possible. And there's no, you know, pros or cons or one isn't better than the other. But I feel like as an introvert therapist, that's super important to have a close relationship with your patient. I love all of those points. And I could definitely see that. So what tips do you have for introverted SLPs 
when they're doing therapy? For introvert SLPs doing therapy, what I really highlighted, and there's been a lot of research on, is using quiet time in therapy. And this doesn't need to be like longer than five or 10 minutes, but just having those little pauses between what you say or between what they share with you, it allows for time for you to process something, for them to process something. And I always give the example of maybe you're working in acute care and someone you have to deliver some bad news to a family or a parent. Um, you want to allow that time for them to process. You don't want to just deliver the news and then say, okay, I got to go to my next patient. You want to be there. You want to pause. You want to let that time for silence. You want to let them time to think about, you know, questions about whatever you said, time to process their emotions, time for you to be there as a therapist to support them, having that quiet time in counseling. And then quiet time that I use personally in a school setting is allowing students the time to just decompress after a therapy session. Because obviously being in a school setting, you know, they're doing other classroom work, uh, they're coming to see me and whatever is going on in their busy school day. So just giving them that five minutes at the end of the session, just to compress what we've learned about and just have fun and do whatever they want to do. That's a great tip. Thank you for sharing that. And have you noticed any particular like differences when you're supervising and teaching introverted SLP grad and college students? Yeah. So this year I've had the opportunity to supervise two grad students. And then during my presentations, I've also had the opportunity to mentor some of our college students across the country. One thing I've noticed is that the introverted SLP students are really focused on the the little details. So they know their patient's diagnosis, but they want to figure out individualized therapy activities for them. They want to find out their interest to make it more fun. So they're very focused on the little details of whoever they're seeing. Yeah, no, that makes sense based on everything that you've said so far. So do you have tips for like supervisors who identify their introverted SLP students, like how they can better support them and employers too? Yeah, so something I share in my presentations is this rubric um, from Susan Cain's um, most recent book, and it kind of shows a different a way of evaluating and a more fair way for both extroverted and introverted students. So instead of giving more points for you know, how much a person is talking to the other person, how much they're raising their hand or participating or just saying anything in general, it's focusing on like active participation. So saying relevant points. So if you're talking about ice cream, the person gives a comment relevant to ice cream instead of something random. They're making follow-up comments. So that means they're listening to you and they're making a comment following up with what you're saying. So that shows that they're actually paying attention. It also rewards written work a lot, which is something I think both introverts and extroverts could learn to do is before saying something, use that time to think about what you're going to say, write it down and then share it. So it's focusing more on that versus kind of like a debate where whoever is first to say something kind of gets more points. Those are such great tips. Thank you so much for sharing those. Is there anything else you want to share about this topic before we wrap up today? Yeah. So what we've been doing for the past two years, I have this organization called Softest Voices. And what we do with all sorts of professions that work with people, teachers, medical professionals, SLPs, is we go to college campuses or conventions or conferences where these, these professionals are. 
and kind of speak on this topic, but it, because it's the one that's kind of hidden, people know about it, people relate to it, but it's not talked about in these professions, but it needs to be so that we can get more introvert SLPs because we need that coming out of a pandemic. We have more cases of people who just want to be listened to. So we need those kind of therapists. So yeah, if any, if there's any students out there or professors who think their students can relate to this, they can feel free to contact me. And we have some great resources on my website, softestvoices.com that people can go to or even share their story to inspire others. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Marsha. And I know you mentioned your website. Do you have an Instagram as well that people can go to? Can you share that? And then like any other places that people can reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So Softest Voices has a Facebook page, so Softest Voices, a website, softestvoices.com. And then you can follow me at Marsha underscore Pinto for Instagram. Awesome. Marsha, this has been such an awesome topic. No one has come on to talk about this and it's so important. So I know people are going to be like interested in learning more and following up with you. And I just really appreciate you coming on to talk about this. Maybe we can do a follow-up at some point. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Vanita. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, have you joined the SSU crew yet? By joining, you get access to the free goods section on our website, plus podcast updates, special event notifications, and therapy inspiration. You can sign up at bit.ly slash join SSU crew, all lowercase, or just find the link in this episode description. Also, don't forget to take a screenshot of this episode so that you can always refer back to it and share it on social media if you really love the topic. Take care and remember to always fill your speechy side cup first before you can pour into others.